0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. This episode was hard to make because, for one, not much is happening on the front lines. Ukraine's attrition strategy is working. Russia will not mobilize until the end of the year because, well, they started their, all, their traditional autumn conscription thing already, so not much changes there. But to compensate, as with anything in nature, there needs to be some balance. So we have um, Russia just going utterly insane to the levels that I actually asked uh, my fiance Evita to do a transcript for me. You'll hear about that later as we're going to move from the least insane to the most insane things that you could possibly imagine on, on this episode. Which I had to rewrite a couple of times, because, well, apparently saying, trust me guys, this is real, and this comes from verified sources and everything's serious, just uh, sounds really bad, I think. But yeah, we'll start with all the weird stuff that you probably know. First of all, there was a huge fuss a couple of days ago about the fact that publicly available record records were just published in uh, Moscow, City's, uh, Moscow City's homepage. You know, like the mayor of Moscow approved of these. And these revealed the hidden locations, well, more or less hidden, of Russia's military intelligence agencies across the country. See, across, according to Russian law, it's totally illegal to share any information about military intelligence in other areas or anything. But uh, these places, these addresses, were published online by, uh, by the authorities, of the Moscow city, uh, basically as part of a list of energy consumers whose power supplies cannot be hot, cut. The lists are found alongside like you know, non-secret consumers like medical, government, transportation, and all the police facilities. And this just happened all over the place. Now, the thing is, this had been there for years and just that nobody really checked. And I'm pretty sure Ukrainian secret services know all this information by heart anyways, because it was there for years apparently. And uh, like... 90% of these buildings have like their tags on them. The interesting part is that there are just random apartments in between all this stuff. This was public information, again, yes, but no one really bothered to check, except, of course, relevant secret services. But uh, but basically, yeah, alongside your uh, GRU command facility, uh, FSB trading facility, there's a random apartment in the random Moscow building on any, or everywhere else. And that's like ton of the FSOs, of uh, the FSBs and everything, and it's just crazy. Lots of places you can probably still find that online. Now, however, things that people didn't mention much is the fact that um, apparently the Federal Protective Service, which is the one that protects Putin, has some association apparently with a cafe right next to Bolshoi Theatre, which is the fun part of this. Of course, interestingly enough, uh, a lot of um, a lot of mansions uh, of the wealthy people are listed there. And weirdly enough, a bunch of buildings owned by the Russian Orthodox Church as well. Interestingly enough, the list does not appear, by the way, comprehensive across all of Russia, with like no, no common theme, most of them are just in Moscow. Uh, no military sites were listed in the Belgorod region, by the way, which has been an acting ground for airstrikes, but I guess you know the guys there were a bit more smarter. And also no locations listed in Chechnya. But there are details of sites connected to the FSB in uh, villages in in, uh, North Ossetia, the occupied Georgian territory. There's a map and everything online. And that's kind of crazy because you can like spot them. And uh, as the commentators put it, yeah, you know, it's the endless bureaucracy. They were told to post a a list and they don't care that uh, it really doesn't work for other laws or anything. It's just that they post it and and that everything's done. So that's good. And moving on. Because that was weird, a lot of people talked about it, but again, public sources, but no one had checked, and it was still illegal. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in Russia's Tver region, a bust of Joseph Stalin was installed at the Mednoye Memorial Complex for victims of wars and the repressions of Russia. Yes, it's crazy. Uh, apparently, they have put on monuments also to Vladimir Lenin, Felix Dzerzhinsky, and Mikhail Kalinin in the same thing. this is kind of uh, interesting. This is just so bizarre. Because, you know, that's kind of like uh, putting a a statue of of Hitler in a Holocaust memorial. How is that for fun? It's kind of like just bizarre and surreal. But this is the reality where we live in now. This was reported by uh, the regional outlet 7x7 from referencing Tver activist. Like political opposition, Daniel Corpuso, and he wrote the following quote: "Now the liars have become more skillful. They don't tear down monuments and force you to forget. They chatter on and on about it. And then, when everything isn't so black and white, is at its climax, you can throw in the mustached ghoul, so that anyone who, by fate, ends up at a memorial site won't see the tragedy of thousands of ruined lives, but a multi-coloured, sorry, f- hodgepodge." That Corpuso wrote, and it's kind of funny because again. Apparently, we're now. But then, after after putting Stalin in Orthodox churches, you know, what did people expect? I mean, this totally made sense. Now, on to a bit less surprising parts of everything. Grozny police, after getting a bunch of stuff about uh, Adam Kadirov's son, Adam Kadirov, the son of Gramzal Kadirov, a good buddy of the show, total asshole. I wish he would, you know, die pretty soon. Uh, they refused to open a crimin- criminal investigation for beating the prisoner Nikita Zorovyov, saying that, quote, the 15-year-old has not, re- not, not reached the age of criminal responsibility. Which is just amazing, because that thing happens to you when you reach 16 in Russia, I suppose, or maybe like earlier in life, like 13. It's not the age of consent or something. It's just that, pff, it just always is crazy. Always is crazy in a bit... Bit mad about this whole situation, but of course nothing really happens or, or stuff like that. But this is the this is one of those you know I used to I used to study from my my mentor Alexander Zorov, and he in his shows always do, does these pair news. You know, you take one piece of news and then you put the other one next to it, and then you look at them in context, and then both news you know get bright and much more and much better. And the pair news in this case is that they recently finally finally they admitted that. Uh, Yeah, I think a month ago or something. That was a month ago, yes. Um, This pilot from Ukraine, sorry, from Russia, he defected to Ukraine with his aircraft, with his, I think it was an uh, an MI-8 helicopter or something, and then he landed in Ukrainian territory. He, apparently, either he or the secret services of Ukraine, they had to shoot his, uh, well, the guys who were with him, and then he defected before he had contacted the Ukrainian secret services, and his family was sent to to save space and everything. Like everyone went out of Russia, but um, but after this happened, uh, like in the like two days ago or something. I'm sorry, I've been working on this for for such a long time. Uh, two days ago or something. Uh, I think it was two days ago. Uh, another pilot decided to defect to Ukraine, and this was a, a kind of a scout pilot, I suppose. Intelligence agencies, intelligence services related pilots who had a vacation in the so-called friendly nation of Russia, that is, uh, United Arab Emirates. And over there, you know, he has this vacation, he goes there, and the first thing he did was just march straight up to the United States embassy and defected instantly, uh, saying that he doesn't want to go uh, back to war against Ukraine and that he'll do show full cooperation. This has been confirmed. Uh, just waiting for, for more interviews. And after this, you know, after these events, the, the GRU guys came on on the television, our our most favorite channel of all times, Russia One, had a show about this whole situation. The first time they've mentioned something like this happening, and you know, these GRU agents stated that uh, that the person who had defected in the first case with the plight and everything that uh, he will not live uh, until court. We will find him and punish him. Uh, punish him. You know how we deal with traitors. And this kind of makes sense again in, in paired news because uh, if 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 nothing if you if a regional governor regional governor can send his 15 year old son to beat up someone in jail brutally and then the police says that they can't do anything you know, it was just normal that uh, one step above in the federal district even even if we ignore Prigozhin's death but whatever uh, obviously on the public tv the federal center is going to just threaten with uh, you know out of court prime time murders of other people just this is how Russia works these days. Fergolzhen's dead. Many people are dead. I mean, in in this context, you have to look back at the the fact that Adam Kadirov, Ramzan Kadyrov's son, just only beat up the prisoner. He did not straight up murder him. And I think that's that's a bit of a sign of of progress, even if you if you think about it. But uh, you know, all in all, it's it's all about mass murders. It's all about mass murders these days, because for one for one i do have to say that uh, margareta simonyan that's that's the latest news which also had, had to be in my script margareta simonyan made uh, made my day made my day perfectly and she just stated the dumbest things that are humanly humanly possible and this is not not to the end of everything yet so um and she's now by the way, hated by all the pro z circles and and all the guys who want to denazify the horrible fascist ukraine yeah, you know, Gitkin and buddies, right? Uh, they're now going after her Armenian roots and, you know, being all over like racist places at the time. And it's weird since every time, you know, something considering, you know, some other nationalities happens. I, th- I think really the for to these guys, Nazism or fascism is only people who don't like Russians without any other conditions. But I'll I'll get to it. Margaret Simonyan is a horrible human being and she's a definitely, well, like Goebbels, <laughs> she will also have to apologize in, in trial she also is the person that said at one point i think it was a month ago or something that if ever there will be honest elections in russia that all of us are going to go to trial and end our careers she said this unironically, and then she you know was happy for not having honest elections just that was in context because she was trying to be sarcastic she she felt miserably, but basically she just blew up a thing and she reached i think i think she's she's finally reached one Zhirinovsky. no wait i, I this might this might be difficult. This might even be 1.2 Zhirinovsky's. To those of you who don't know, Vladimir Zhirinovsky was a Russian politician uh, who died last year, and we use him as a measurement of total insanity in the political scene. So, what happened is that uh, she was on... She was on uh, I think it was on the show, or, or on her telegram. I think it was on the show, really, because I watched the video on this. I'm not exactly sure. She proposed detonating a thermonuclear device. And that's the thing here. You'd, you'd think that you know it's it's normal at this point for them to threaten to nuke Ukraine, nuke United States, or anything. No, no, no. She proposed nuking Russia. Yeah, she's a Russian. Pro- she's an RT editor in chief, mind you. She works for Russia. What she said is that uh, apparently they can't. Nu- apparently, she was complaining that you can't nuke Ukraine, you can't nuke Washington. It's going to be horrible. We're all going to die. So what we can do? And she quoted some sort of physicist that apparently she knows. Uh, she's also very stupid, and I think she just pulled it out of random Wikipedia or something else. But she said that uh, we should detonate a thermonuclear device on our own territory, somewhere near Siberia. She claimed that there would be no impact on the humans living uh, living below there. Like you know, it's Siberia; no one lives close. It's not gonna be a nuclear winter. Nothing's gonna happen. It's awesome. Like she, if if, if Russians just explode a nuke uh, in the air above Siberia, somewhere like kilometers away from something. And she was cheerfully say, say, saying on her television show, a uh, quote is that uh, what will happen is that all the electronic devices and satellites will be knocked out. And it's like, it's like crazy. And it's just so dumb. And she said that uh, nuclear detonation over Siberia is needed to send a painful message to the West and amid a nuclear ultimatum that's becoming more and more impossible to avoid. And she also said, said that this is the most humane option. She also said that she doesn't allow her kids to have any gadgets, and that that would save her some troubles because such a nuclear explosion in Siberia, where people wouldn't die, or so she thinks, would just basically mean that a massive electronic electromagnetic wave shocks down vehicles and drags us all back without electronics or anything. It's um, yeah, it's a bit insane. And she does. She doesn't allow her kids to have phones or something, and then she wouldn't have to listen to them complaining about, you know, other people, other kids have various gadgets and we don't. If this sounds quite much insane to you, um, yeah, you're right. First of all, it's um, the fact the fact that you know, not even counting the fact that uh, to, the explosion that would actually destroy satellites and just damage electronic devices all over. ...all over the world... To do ...and doing significant damage... ...yeah, I you know... Um, ...that would not be something... ...like a single nuclear... ...tiny explosion... ...that would basically mean that Russia would not have anything to eat... ...and the land would be irradiated for... ...I don't even know how long... ...that would be a massive, massive catastrophe... ...and then there's also the fact that... ...I highly doubt that anyone in the West would care... ...if they would explode anything over their own country... I mean, I mean, in the sense of not care by the fact that they would just instantly invade Russia, hundred percent. And finally, um, there's also this thing about nuclear testing. See, even this went so crazy about her that uh, even Kremlin distanced uh, distance itself from Symonov's remarks. P- Dmitry Peskov said something like, which was not which was not false and wasn't lying. He said that quote. Her words do not reflect Moscow's official stance and that Russia has not abandoned its moratorium on nuclear testing. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Nikolai Korolyov, an aide to Moscow City Duma member Yevgeny Stupin, said he had petitioned Russia's Interior Ministry and investigative committee to probe Simonian's remarks. Because obviously, this is uh, yeah, you, you you are calling publicly for the benefits of nuking your own country. That's good. Secondly, uh, if they like Russia has a whole Center E, which looks for extremism, and to them, you know, uh, a lot of people are extremists. Like if, if you disagree with the Kremlin, you're an extremist. This is a case where someone just wants to. New- the nuke Siberia, and to ruin tons of nature and everything, and just, ugh, the, the look, it's a bit difficult, I'm not a physicist, but, you know, I watched re- physis- physics, physics professors react to this situation, and uh, a lot of them were laughing about the fact that how dumb this is, because again, if you want to demolish all our electronics with one nuke, then uh, boom, this is beyond stupid again. Everyone's now throwing racist remarks uh, because Arme- because she's Armenian. And yeah, a lot of people are saying she either needs to apologize or that, you know, someone needs to go completely crazy and just punch her or something. Maybe explode her. I wouldn't mind, by the way. Now, the thing is, again, this just shows that Russia's propaganda, propaganda machine is just going out of course. They know they're lying. They know nobody's listening at this point because those who support the war are listening to the very same Z channels that I am and reading all those telegram channels because Koshenkov with his daily reports have just destroyed any possible credibility that Russia's propaganda has to have. But again, so so they're not trying something extreme. They're trying something something bizarre. This just, this just shows their utter inability to even, I don't know, manage to, to say something slightly believable. Then again, you know, not like uh, the guys in Siberia are many, m- like m- much more sane than, than Simon is. Of course, they demanded her apology from the official services and everything, and she's going to be in a lot of trouble. However, you know, uh, you have to remember that, uh, for example, uh, I think it was two years ago or something, the governor of um, the Siberian region, one of the governors there, was um, photoed and published in, in social media uh, his barbecue in the forest, during the wildfire season, well wildfires were happening, so you know, it's not not that great that, you know, it's quite quite likely they don't care themselves that much. Like I said, the insanity is getting to getting to my nerves. But before we get to the final final part of, of this episode, I'd like to remind you that you can support the show on Patreon and patreon.com slash eastern border. Thank you so much for, for doing so if you already do that. If you don't like Patreon or, and you just want to support the show, you can go to theeasternborder.lv and click the donate, bu- donate button there. I'd be very happy if you would. A lot of expenses incoming, and I'm trying my best. And, uh, f- of course, t- please uh, tell about this show to your friends and, and family and everyone who's interested in the war since we're um, we're banned from Twitter. What used to be Twitter, we're not on a lot of social media. We use our Discord. Links out everywhere. So please uh, continue supporting our show. And if you have any ideas, questions, or whatever, you can join us on Discord or just write an email to the at gmail.com. We appreciate all sorts of feedback and we'd like to meet you one day and, and everything. We're really, really actually friendly and everything here. And putting in a lot of work. So that'd be that'd be cool if you if you did. And I promise that uh, next time I won't be <laughs> won't be sitting on, on the script for such a long time. It's just that everything kept happening. It'll be fine. Now, the final part is something that I thought that I had to give to you. See, for one, for one, there's a lot of um, thing, and I didn't believe this actually happened until this was reported by Nixta and other reputable sources. So this actually happened, and it's real, and it's not some sort of fake call. Apparently, this was confirmed on the ground. And uh, the event that happened and really stunned me about everything that shows how everything we've gone into this fear culture of Russian criminalization there is the fact that the Ukraine posted a, um, a video, a tiny video about, um, about tanks. And we've made a transcript here. Well, Evita, my say, made a transcript, and I translated for you because there's a lot of rumors, a lot of, you know, here's this, but no one sat down and calculated everything. The study goes that uh, that Ukrainian army officer well, he was annoyed by the fact that all the tanks that they capture are of poor quality. And then he starts his um, his video by saying that um, I'm frankly tired of Russian tanks. These, there are no analogs of 2021. Yeah, all these tanks for, for, for B3M, T-72, 9TM for 3 or 4 million. You know what? Let's call the Russian designers who make and repair them. And he did. This is confirmed he actually called uh, to Ural Tangzavod and called uh, the guy there. And the guy actually talked to him for a bit. And I'll just read you the whole conversation because it's amazing. And yes, this has been confirmed as real. Like I said, <laughs> this was the part which I had to triple check. But, but yeah, here we go. Mm. This is from the Ukraine. And also this is normal because apparently this just shows that these guys running these factories in Russia, oh, they're very, very scared about their positions and how they're doing. Hello, Alexander Anatolyevich. Sorry for being so late. Do you have a minute? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Regarding the T seventy-two B three M tank, they gave me your contact and said I should consult with you. Well, right. Look, here's the problem. We uh, we we pour in the oil. We pour in everything, the oil and everything, and it spits out oil. That's the first thing, you know. It, it just spits out everything. And second, it turns out that the compressor does not pump the atmosphere into the cylinders. So. And you have military acceptance? Who conducted what there? We are um, an unarmored group. It's a new tank, but we can't operate it. It's not realistic to fight on it. Let's do it this way. I'll be at the Enterprise on Tuesday. I'll be with people at uh, Bureau in Tagal. But But you're the competent guy. The tanks were developed under you. Yes, they were developed in, in my time. I know who makes them. Well, th- these questions about a tank, we're constantly fixing it, like one thing or another. You see a tank manufactured in 2021 can't go into battle, it breaks down all the time. You can tell them who assembled them in 21 that they're just pure assholes, honestly. <laughs> that's easy. Here you go, $3 million. As far as the engine goes, that- that's not for the guys. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. The combat module, first of all, it just burned up. You turned the system on a curve, it just went smoke, shorted out, stopped working. Manually fucking spinning like a T3476 in the 40s, manually spinning every every time. The cylinder inflation system, for starters, is not adequate either. Put in a new adequate compressor, but after that, excuse me, it still doesn't fucking pump. (laughs) And. And HP and what you want, Trident and and all the additives and everything. You stuff it in and nothing goes in. Well, let me put it this way. I've got three positions. On Tuesday, I'll say say hello. I'll tell you that I'll be present. I'll tell you that it's a live broadcast. If you need anything, I'll leave your contact number. Again, here he's worried that this might go live or that this is propaganda or something or that he's talking to everything. This is my number, my contact, the guy who called in response. I'm the commander of the armored group, Battalion K2. No fucking way. No new tanks, no equivalents. All right, I heard you. Dial? Uh, Screw these new tanks. Better old Soviet tanks. I I heard you. I'm in contact with those guys who are dealing with this problem from Chelyabinsk. Uh, I know them. Tell them in Chelyabinsk the new engine is spitting out oil. I'll call them to the office uh, in the presence of the leaders. Tell them from the K2 battalion, from the front, from Donbass. Fucking tanks. Yes, yes, I can do that. Thank you very much. We'll we'll fight on. So this is the first call, right? And this is... um, This is just great. Because besides Alexander Nodiljevich, they actually managed to find, find, besides the designer guy, they managed to actually call Andrei Abakumov. The general director of Ural, Ural Vagonzavod Trans, and uh, they call, they call to kind of complain about him because they got his number from the previous guy they called, which is amazing. "Quote: mm. Hello, good evening. Sorry for being so late. Question about the tanks, T seventy two B three M. They said you can be addressed. We have a lot of problems with this tank. You're the CEO, right?" They gave me your contact and told me to change my approach to work. There are a lot of problems with the work. We have a lot of problems with the turning system. Vlogs burn out, oil spits out, and we have a lot of tank failures. What's your name? Alexander. I'm the commander of Armored Group K2. Uh, I heard that, Alexander. I have a big request to you. You can describe the problems and moments that bother you with WhatsApp message. I've already reached out to you because it was not, was not so easy. I'm in Donbass now, at the front. Uh, I will organize a detailed review of these issues by the chief designer of this machine together with the design bureau that designed this. It's all of this stuff. Say that they make tanks and they're analogs and we repair them for 20 hours a day. They break down all the time, you know, in the fire control system and the turret turn and everything. Is just horrific. And Alexandre, here you understand everything. It's very important that you describe it all in detail. I'll write it down. Look, Armor Group K2 in Donbass. Tomorrow we will rewrite everything. Armored Group K two and Don a complete list of problems of this tank. Please eliminate these problems so that in the future we will not have such a situation again. Yes, yes, exactly what I want. I'm ready to take this all into account. Well, um, thank you very much. Uh, can you please tell me who is so generous to share my contacts? Can I just not tell you who it is? He'll tell you. Sure, no questions. Goodbye. So they, uh, so they called them. <laughs> so they called them basically. And uh, managed to get the guys and everything. And then there's a, then there's a bit more crazy conversation uh, where uh, they managed to go down and actually call back the designer and tell them they're from Ukraine and teach them to say that heroes should be... Uh, that you, you have to respond uh, glory to heroes to from glory to Ukraine and everything. And they're just so stupid and crazy. But yeah, the fun part is in the, the first two minutes. <laughs> this guy's just laughing all the time over the place. And uh, there's a lot of swear words, even more than the previous part and the following one. So... I'm gonna skip that one, but uh, yeah. So in the news, we have uh, we have Russians wanting to nuke Russia, Stalin being put um uh, being put in a memorial, and then Ukrainians managed to just basically basically just respond <laughs> respond and be a tech support of Ukrainians who complain that their tanks that they take over are just way too broken. Bit of insane stuff, isn't it? But to end this episode on something, I have to remind you that uh, we're still hanging out with, with Alex from History Impossible. I'm pretty sure that he'll be on the show again sometime. And um, I'd like to quote Alexander Dugin, because I'm following right now, right now to him as well. See, uh, recently Smolensk was hit and, and by drones, and it was like scary. And the mayor of Smolensk stated that uh, everyone needs to keep calm and don't leave house without reason, you know, all the traditional stuff. And to which, to top off this list of total death-called insanity that Russia has turned into, well, this is what Dugin wrote, quote, and this is a modern-day philosopher of, of the Russian whole ideology system, quote, The point of balance, the point where you, uh, the cornerstone needs to, be, uh, needs to be looked for only in death. Only then you can, uh, only on that, only on death, you can base religion, culture, art, and politics. Life is... Way, way chaotic and, and changes way, way too much uh, to be any sort of uh, cornerstone for literally anything. So, you know, right now we're gone into full death cult territory. And, you know, it kind of shows. At least Dugan is probably going to be friends with uh, Simon Yan. I just don't really know if, um, if he'll enjoy living in a totally nuked, <laughs> nuked Russia. But it's always funny. We've reached new... Levels of Dmitry Medvedev. And that's about it for today. So, thank you for listening. Dasvidanya свидания, And please, stay in touch and keep listening. And I'll just go and finally get some sleep right now. Dasvidanya свидания, And And, uh, hey, as always, happiness is mandatory. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with quins.